welcome. This is Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Bolma. Today I'm talking with my Fullerton College colleague, Jay Seidel, a journalism professor. He's an advisor for the Fullerton College Hornet, the campus news media, uh, which is getting ready to celebrate a hundred year anniversary, which is exciting. You'll learn the three things you're not allowed to do while flying a drone and how to become a certified drone pilot. Um, our students are working with multimedia, the shark lab, just so many things that are going on. And I'm excited to sit down and talk to Jay um, about journalism makerspace, about making sure that you don't hate your job uh, and so much more. So let's get started. Let's start with the top and then we'll fill in the blanks. But journalism and the drone program, tell me what you're doing at Fullerton College with those two things. And then we're going to dive into the history of the Hornet, which is the Fullerton College paper, and talk about the new adventure you have with uh, drone piloting, which is fun. So we'll start with journalism that we can yeah. see into the Hornet. So, um, yeah, I've been advising the Hornet for 20 years now. Um, and uh, and the Hornet actually is coming up on its centennial celebration uh, in starting in the fall, fall of 22. So if my math is right, that's one, 20 years is one fifth of the Hornets exactly. legacy, right? Yeah, I realize I'm a good chunk of, of the advising. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of the longest advisors. I don't know if I am the longest, but I'm one of the longest. Um, but, um, but it's a great program. Um, I mean, it is one of the, it is actually the oldest collegiate journalism program in Orange County. We're older than Chapman. Um, and uh, so we have a long history and a lineage to, to provide this for students. And it's, a, it's actually, I always said it's a, it's, it's a great way for students to get involved with the campus kind of indirectly um, because they're in the class, but by virtue of being in the class and being part of the Hornet, they are thrust into having to talk to deans or vice presidents right. or right. student services and, and cover different events and art gallery openings and stuff on campus. So, so it really, and, and they all share information with each other right. and they all know what's going on. So it's a way to like, like I said, it's kind of indirectly connecting with the campus without saying I have to connect with the campus. It um, really is. It's yeah. one of the best antidotes to the commuter campus phenomenon that we have. Yeah. And it is, but on the flip side of that is also one of the challenges to, for visibility, you know, because it is kind of a commuter community college campus. Right. So therefore we're kind of like, Hey, look at us, you know? Right. Right. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, I really have to commend your staff for um, making the transition to covering remote events. That's a totally different skill set when you're used to getting a calendar and knowing where to go. And, and now they were zooming and, and they were everywhere. It felt like every zoom I was in, there was a Hornet reporter. So I'm um, really, really um, proud of those students. Thank you. Yeah. Cause that, you know, it's sometimes it's pulling teeth, but um, sure. they, well, once they get it, they get it kind of a thing. And then right. what, what was interesting is when everything shifted to remote uh, teaching and everybody was off the campus, um, many of my journalism colleagues at other community colleges across the state really challenged with that because they were still printing their newspapers and really um, uh, hanging on to that aspect of it. And we actually, stopped printing in 2016 um, and went all digital. So we right. were actually in a better position to pivot and work in a virtual environment. Um, right. Some of these other ones were. So we didn't really right. skip the beat. Yeah. And it was it was the covering of the events that went virtual, not the publication of it. Correct. And so Correct. I think you really did have a head start on that. And to, and to see that it's possible. I think 
so many of us in the early days of the pandemic just struggled with the mental transition of how do we do this? And so I think your organization was ahead of the curve a bit. Yeah, and it's like we didn't we didn't intend to. You know, no. we didn't plan on that happening. We just right. were, and it just we were just in good position. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so tell me, I'm. I, I love the Centennial of Fullerton College back in 2013. I love that the Hornet is coming up on the Centennial. So, what can we expect? Are we so, going to see archives? Are we going to see throwbacks? I just love the treasure trove that is a hundred years. Uh, and yes to all that. So we, we've got, we're getting a committee pulled together from alumni and in local industry and stuff to kind of, and, and current faculty and adjuncts to, um, to figure out what we're going to do. An yeah. interesting, an interesting side note um, that happens is we are, we, the journalism program are absorbing the majority of the radio program. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that. So, sure. yeah, so radio, another hat for you to wear. Well, it's all just going to be journalism. So, I love it. I so love it. It's just going to broaden the journalism. It makes program. sense. It makes sense to not silo and separate because oh. what students come in wanting to do is be in media. Right, exactly. And not knowing how and where that is going to happen. And, and that was actually my next question. So first, I need to know, yeah. when is the actual centennial? So the actual centennial, we're, we're actually in the planning stages right now. Right. And so... And I said, learn from Fullerton College, that is a long process. It is. And actually, so, we're, we're a little behind the curve, but we're going to expedite it as much as possible. So the first, um, in fall um, 1922, is when the first newspaper came out and they only okay. had one that semester so there was the sure. first one that came out that time and then it really came into the spring of 2023 okay. um and yeah. that's when it actually be- it became a, a thing um right so we're looking at doing something early um also like i said since we're absorbing the radio station sure sure we're going to do something in the fall but and then kind of segue it's going to be a year-long of course we have to celebrate the whole year long <laughs> right we do that's academic celebrations are never short right and, and we want to highlight all the history and we're gonna you know kind of yeah. bring alumni back and try to get right. people from all the various decades and that kind right. of right i love that um actually when uh when the pandemic hit i immediately went to our centennial website to see did fullerton college close during the flu of 1918 because yeah. we were here yeah. Um, and, and so it was, it's kind of nice to be able to look at these historical markers and think, oh, I bet the Hornet covered that. And, and we're going to lean a little heavily on the, what they did for the centennial of Fullerton College to, as a model and reach out to people. It's a great model. To find out, yeah. you know, get some tips and ideas to, to help sure. out what we're going to do. That's amazing. So, so even the word newspaper, as I'm saying it, because it is all digital. And, and so when you don't print. Yeah. A newspaper. Is it a newspaper? What distinguishes it? And you're using so many great media tools um, to communicate the stories. So it makes sense to have radio be a part of that. It makes sense to have video be a part of that because everything is so multimedia. Correct. In telling the stories. Correct. We have, um, so we moved uh, branding wise, name wise, we used to have newspaper production is the class. And I forgot sure. exactly what year I changed it, but it was somewhere around when we went digital. 
Um, and I made it to news media production. And um, so it's yeah. layers of that. We have our multimedia reporting class already. So they they learn skills in photography and, and audio reporting and yeah. um, video and web development, that kind of stuff, and informational graphics. So they're learning all these different skills. Um, and the Hornet is kind of, I always joke about the Hornet being just a journalism makerspace. So they can come in and tell the stories they want to tell. I love that. However, the they journalism want to, maker space. Right. And it's led by the yeah. students. So this the 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 student editors um guide and kind of direct and select the the content and all that stuff. So they have the freedom, first amendment right, freedom to put forth whatever content they want, but you know, we train them and trust them kind of a thing to where they yeah. go out there and um develop that. And we we kind of guide them and shepherd them a little bit, but they can then sure. say, hey, this story is good for um a video. Let's make a video of this one, or let's do let's do a photo story of this one, or let's do an audio story, um, those kind of things. So bringing in radio mm-hmm. um, just kind of synergizes what we were kind of doing in two different areas. Just right. now, it's kind of it, right. it, we build on each other's strengths and knowledge and kind of make it all holistic. Right. And so you brought up the First Amendment, which you know it it, it hits the news a lot with student yeah. papers. And have you do you have a fascinating story to share of when? the campus didn't like something the students were printing? Um, <laughs> I've been here 20 years. So let me see. Um, I know. <laughs> there, there, which one should I talk about? No. Um, I feel but, like you should pick one of somebody who's no longer working with yes, us. Yes. No, there's definitely <laughs> one that I can talk about for, for retired people. But, um, and actually that was the greatest one I thought, but and it was, I'll be brief about it, but so, but the great thing about it, I have to say, honestly, that um, compared to some of the other schools and across in the state and across the country, you know, because we're tied into different uh, student press law centers and different organizations that are out there that um, support the uh, student right to First Amendment, um, that uh, we, we have, have had a lot of great supportive administration. When it comes to student media, there's they've been really hands off. Um, there, um, <laughs> there's one. There, I'll do. I'll do two. I'll do two. Okay. Okay. The first one I, I was when I first got hired full time because I was advising the newspaper part time for a couple of years and I got hired full time. And the students, um, I was advising the magazine. The students did a story on um, students who work as exotic dancers to pay their way through college. Right, because there was a big scandal at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, just about the same time. It was right. It was just before that one, but yeah, Yeah. right about the same time. But, but um, it's one that you know they covered when I was a student at Cal State Long Beach. So it's it it just is. So, um, so they did it in the magazine, and they they did actually they did a really well written, well researched story. Actually, the student um, won a won a a state award for it. Um, But the, the magazine itself. The magazine had, they went out to do a photo shoot and they wanted to make that the cover. And I said, okay, guys, really just watch the cleavage. Sure. And so they went out there and they came back and said, look, no cleavage. And, <laughs> um, but the girl was on there and her butt was kind of exposed a little uh-huh. bit in the way she was positioned. And, um, and there was a, there was a lot of discussion between the student staff, between the editor and the art director sure. having this, sure. I think this would be better. I think this would be better. And I said, okay, you got to understand there's repercussions for this. Um, and if what you're going to do, you know, select the best one. And they said, right. okay, well, let's do a focus group. They did a focus group of a journalism 101 class. And they held up, held up the ideas and held up the images and said, which one do you think? And by, 
like like it was a 51-49 margin. Yeah. That, that they went for the more scantily clad, scandalous one. And uh, the editor felt vindicated. Um, sure. So he went full steam. And I said, okay, it's your right. Uh, yeah. It comes out on the racks. And actually, right before it comes out, we had an interim dean at the time. And uh, and so the interim dean, who actually was a dean for another division who just recently retired, um, just... Uh, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, why you can't put this sure. you can't put this out there. Oh my gosh, you can't put this out there. So I said, um, hey, First Amendment, students' rights, you know, you know. Right. And they have the right to do that. I can't censor them, I can't stop them. That's right. what I did. I'm letting you know. And so he he was about ready to pass out. And uh so I said, okay. Well, then I went to our president at the time, who was Kathy Hodge. And um and to her credit, she looked at it and went, huh. She looked around and there was another image on the back cover, which what the art director wanted as the cover, which was just sure. a, a high heel shoe, a foot and a high heel shoe mm-hmm. kind of hinting at it. And she looked at it and said, I would have probably went with this, but it's their choice. And I thought, it's perfect. That's great. That's exactly the answer you want. So Kathy Hodge, now the president of Cal State Fullerton's Alumni Association. Oh, nice. Yeah. Doing great things for the Titans. She was great. And with that, like I said, um, it shows like, you know, the middle level kind of a thing. We had another situation once also once that went out on the racks, um, they were subsequently stolen. Um, and that was another issue. But uh, yeah, and and it's it's interesting you said that because it brought up um the the scandals were never at, at the colleges I went to were never that the administration was pushing back. It's that because the papers were only printed, it was so easy to steal them. Yeah. And yeah. so during elections, yep. if there was a negative story about one candidate running for student government or another, the students would simply get up really early in the morning and steal every single paper. And so digital has eliminated that and you know th- those are the shenanigans that the watergate guys got into yeah. when they were in student government at as uh, at usc and i always think hmm, i guess they'd have to do computer hacking now correct but with that also california passed a law in ed code um actually a couple laws that um we we championed collectively in the state as far as journalism instructors and advisors of publications one that the no no staff member. This is something I always tell students. I always, I tell faculty and stuff like this. Why don't you put the, whatever. I, no, no employee of the college or district can say what goes in and what doesn't go in. Right. The publication. The students have the ultimate right to it. Sure. And we are not allowed to. Correct. And so for better or for worse, you know. Sure. Um, and, and, and I think that that's part of the challenge for a two-year school, oh, yeah. two-year, right, community yeah, college, sure where, where we have churn of students, yeah. is that sometimes the, the team at the Hornet is really involved in student clubs and covering everything, and then the next group won't, and they really want to do community things. And right. that's the beauty of the Hornet, is you get 100%. to make it your own, but yeah. there's always that what's happening and right yeah and to what you were saying about the stealing the papers another part of that another law in that area the ed code said that they can't take more than you cannot take more than 25 copies of a student of a, of a free paper i love that number yeah. yeah i don't know where they come up with that but you can take 25 and then that and then i other, feel like 
I feel like I have taken 25 of something that I love <laughs> to hand out to my family That's and I really don't need to take every stack, but I do want more than one. Right. So I appreciate 25. Yeah. So they gave that leeway, but if you take more than that, then it's a crime. I followed that. And I used to use that in my class because I would say, how do you make it a crime to steal something that's fruit? Right. Right. California figured out a way. And California <laughs> figured out a way. And I love, I never followed up to see the number, but I love that it's 25. Yeah. We were saying 15 in my classes mm-hmm. when it was being proposed. So I thank you for <laughs> closing that to what it is. I'll there go back go. to the alumni of 17 years ago or 20 years ago, wherever they were to give them an update. There you go. So, um, A lot of students have struggled with remote learning during the pandemic. We've kind of been talking about that. And so one of the things I'm really excited about that you're doing is the drone program and the drone piloting program. Mm -hmm. Um, Incredible hands-on learning experience, clearly socially distant, Mm -hmm. um, not as, you know, and outside, you're Mm -hmm. not going to be doing drones inside a really crowded classroom. So first share about what Fullerton College is doing and what a student would be able to do. Um, and some of the incredible, incredible partnerships that that you've got. Sure. One of the one of the unique things was our program. The, the drone classes were a hundred percent allowed and be allowed in person, even through the entire closure. Um, sure. I there's no safety. For, there's no exactly. safety issues. Yeah, I opted for um, for hybrid because some of the stuff is lecture based. But when sure. you're able to meet in the field, no matter what, so there was no no stop to to our program. Um, which was really great and really unique. Um, so I always I always maintain some kind of in-person training through the entire thing. Um, but yeah, we, we started the, a drone program. Uh, again, kind of on the encouragement of, of administration. Um, I went and got my license and um, for my drone license and to see how it fit into drone journalism. I went to a drone journalism training program put on by the National Photographers Association. And it was up at uh, Oregon, University of Oregon at their Portland campus. And uh, and I fell in love with it because I've always had a passion for aviation. I was in the Civil Air Patrol when I was younger and uh, I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. And so this really rekindled my childhood in in addition to my current passion. So it just synergized. It's such a great, it's such a great combination. Yeah. And so I came back and said, Hey, I have a license. And if you guys want to do any drone stuff, I got you. And then that's what the administration said. Hey, you know what would be cool? Drone drones are cool. Maybe you should do like a program. I said, I don't know exactly what that means, but challenge accepted. So, uh, so I did research and then just decided to just start building these programs, building these classes and, um, found that there's a, there's an industry need in multiple industries of continuing to grow. And there is this high level of interest from students coming in from high school students, junior high school, current college students, retirees. We get so many people that are coming in that are so interested in it because they, they pass by. And when they go into Costco, they pass by a drone and say, Hey, I should, that'd be fun. That would be fun. And they can make money off of it. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we did. We built it as a way of um, training and helping to certify, educate drone pilots and sure. get them, first off here, you're just going to be a smarter and safer pilot. Our main goal yeah. from those classes is just be a smarter, safer pilot, whether you're just going to. So they can come in and take one class, learn how to use their home drone. 100%. And then be happy and go travel yeah. up the coast and take right. family pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, that's totally fine. And and not get arrested for um, interfering with a fire drop, not get, yeah. 
Right. Not right. Yeah, not run into. They'll learn the rules. As an airport. Yeah. They just, they become more knowledgeable and safer. And sure. that, that's my main thing. I'm also the, because there's only, now there's only one. We're trying to get more. But right sure. now I'm um, the FAA safety team representative drone pro for LA and Orange counties. And so I go out and speak to the communities, the cities and counties and, Amazing. and about what, what to do and what not to do and what you can and can't do. And this, right. is, right, this is wrong. So, um, so give me that, the top three, what you can't do. Um, 400, you can only go 400 feet. Okay. Of, you know, really when I fly, I always get the same three questions. You know, people come up, Oh, that's so cool. How high can it go? 400 feet. Yes. It yep. physically can go higher, but legally we can only go 400 feet. Okay. Because manned aircraft, have a floor of 500 feet. So it gives like a little hundred feet. <laughs> yeah. Right? Let's not run into that. Right. And then, then they're all like, oh, well, how far can it go? And it, it physically can go very far, but the FAA requires it where, um, as far as your eye can see. So it's visual line. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you can't go like two cities over or anything like that. Okay. Um, and then I always get like, how much does it cost? And I have to tell them how much it costs. So it varies, but, yeah. um, but really it's visual line of sight. Um, and then 400 feet feet, and then you, you really, and you can't fly over people. (laughs) That's the other thing too. You can't fly over crowds and stuff like that. So, okay. There are, there are situations where you can, you can get waivers, Okay, but but the average person wouldn't really fly over like a crowd at Coachella or anything like that. Sure. Sure. I feel like those are really good rules. Yeah. Those, And I mean, if you do that, if you know that you're, you're, 90% 90% clear of doing bad right. things <laughs> and don't fly near an airport. Okay. Without, so now say I take the class and I really want to be certified. What does that mean to get so, drone certification? What right. can, what can that buy me in the job market? <laughs> so basically what the FAA has come down with, because here's, here's a thing. It's not surprising, but our government was a little slow in reacting. So often true <laughs> drones came about and um, they just became saturated. And then the FAA w- was kind of caught flat-footed. So then they're reacting to these things and, that are up at the national airspace that they have to, right. have to regulate in some, some... Some of our senators can't even figure out how Google works. So I'm right. not surprised they're baffled by drugs. Right. So they're figuring it out now. And so now they're, they're slowly but surely implementing these different regulations. So uh, 2016, 2017 is when they came up with the, the certification, basically. And uh-huh. what that means is right now, there's two classifications of drone operators. There's certificated pilots and there's hobbyists. And okay. certificate, if you're going to do anything that has to do with business or implied employment, even if you're going to put it on your YouTube channel and, you know, hey, don't forget to like and subscribe. And yeah, yeah. Money, that's making money off of your content. So therefore now you're commercial. So, so there are a bunch of people doing that that don't have it. it and they don't know what they don't know. That's the thing is they sure. just don't, they just don't. And they it. don't know where to get it. Exactly. And they, and the FAA even knows that. So they, you know, if you yeah. look at Amazon, they were, they, I was talking to them this past two weeks ago. If you look at Amazon and go straight down to the very bottom and like six point type at the very bottom, it says, da, 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 da. and nobody gets that. It's like past the reviews right. and past all that stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the challenges, but the hobbyist is anybody that sure. does it for fun, right? Sure. Does it for, for traveling, yeah, family pictures, reunions, right. right? They don't need a, right now, they don't need a license yeah. um, because they're not doing it for commercial purposes. However, yeah. 
they have to have uh, safeguards. There actually is an online test that hobbyists are supposed to take. It's called a trust test. I forgot exactly what the acronym stands for, but they call sure. it a trust test. Sure. And it's one of those ones that you can't fail. Sure. Like you say, oh, guess again. Oh, right. guess again. <laughs> Correct. Move to the next module. Yeah. So, um, so it's really, it, it's really, it's really for it, learning. It, that's the thing. It's educating yeah. people on 400 yeah. feet, visual line of sight, stuff like that. Yeah. Good. Um, but uh, so that's really what it boils down to. But when you have your license, um, you're free to. So how many daily. classes? I, I know so many. And I've, I told you this before we, uh, we started talking. Um, I just keep running into all these young students who want to be drone pilots and are coming back to school um, to, to do that. And number one, I always have to remember it's not under D on the class schedule. You're not going to find it there. It's under T for technology. Right. So they'll say it's not there. Right. T for technology, online class schedule. Um, but what does that mean? So how long, how many, how many classes do they have to take? How long would the program take? It is so technically um, it is a, again, it's a one-off. So whether we created it, it's a buffet. And I, and I miss nice. buffets since the pandemic, but oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that, the IP soup plantation. I, oh, I miss yeah. soup plantation. But anyways, you can go out to the different places and pick and choose. We do have a, a piloting certificate that uh, incorporates a lot of things if you want to do it. But technically, you just need to get the training and then you need to get the FAA license. And then you're free to go about the country and do whatever you want to do. But we have application classes as far as like thermal imaging, um, mapping, these different ad advanced piloting. So you mm -hmm. can take these. They're not essential, but they'll give you other skills to apply right. to whatever you're going to do with your drone. It's, so right. it's more than just flying. Right? That's amazing. So that's why we have it to where you can pick and choose. So I, right. I mean, technically you can just come and take our, if you just want piloting, you can take our, um, our basic class, which is a Saturday, eight weeks, eight Saturdays. And, um, and we prep you for the certification. We can't administer the certification yet, sure. but, but we can direct you to the different places around where you can get your license, but we prep you for it and give you a bunch of resource and give you training and, and then send you on your way. And then, like I said, you can go out and do it. I've had students that have done it halfway through the semester and they go out and sure. get their license and that's great. And so then we're ready to go, but then they take other classes at their leisure with their choices, what they want to learn to enhance what they're doing. Of course, just, of course. Amazing. Yeah. And so I see your drone van, your drone lab. And, and so you, you do, you're going out into the community and you're covering what uh, covering events covering. So we, um, yeah. So yeah, I just, the planets aligned and I was able to get grants and stuff. So we have, the, we have the truck and we have the trailer. Um, and so we usually take that out. Like the trailer, for example, is there, there's three computer workstations in there. It's all networked. So it's basically like a mobile classroom. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things I was really, um, I, I really had a big focus on is, is real world applications. So many of these programs that are offered for drone piloting and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. But you have, Yay, I, I can go get my license and I have four hours of flying on my college campus. Right. right. Okay, that's great. You're not gonna get hired. Right. Right. Um so we we develop different partnerships. And uh, we have a partnership in marine biology with the Shark Lab at Cal State Long Beach, where we at where we um, scope out different 
uh, beaches uh, from Santa Barbara down to San Diego and, and map and collect data from that and give it to the Shark Lab. Uh, we are working with, we have a collaboration with the Orange County Water District um, where we do different things. We've done some site photography for where they're going to put some sensors up on a bridge over the Santa Ana River. And then yeah. we did a, a mapping, a topographic mapping mission for uh, the, one of their recharge basins in Villa Park. And um, because it was at its lowest point, they wanted to see how much volume right. was put in there. And so, and we're doing things like that. They also want to do some plant analysis and stuff at some of their locations. We're, we're now in talks with Southern California Edison um, and trying to develop an, an apprenticeship program specifically with them as far as mapping their, their lines and, um, and looking at their, uh, their towers and vegetation around the towers. So it's not like a PG&E situation. Um, and so stuff like that. And, and they're looking, you know, they, they can't find enough drone pilots. Right. So there's huge them. demand. Right. There, there's, there's a difference because what they're running into, they're running into the person who bought the drone at Costco. And so why, as opposed to somebody who has skills and training. Right. Right. And, um, and you know, so gonna, really you are giving say, them a portfolio. Yeah. That, it's, they get, so now they have a couple hours of real world flight experience. They'll get right. the certification. And if they go with our, our certificate, our pilot certificate program, They'll also have to take the industrial safety class. So they'll, they'll get their OSHA 30 card. Right. And so now they're, they'll be OSHA certified. They'll be FAA certified. Right. And they'll have real world work hours that they could go out there. And they're going to be a lot more marketable than. So is this something that you might offer to our high school partners through dual enrollment where I got some school board members who listen to this podcast? It would be such a great partnership for the high school students to be able to do this. 100% with that. So the FAA is really working. They understand the importance of this and the development of autonomous systems. I mean, once package delivery kicks in, it's a whole next level. But um, they're really focused on a K-12 development. So I've started to develop pathway programs. Um, Mm -hmm. we're, We're developing a pathway with, I can say these because we actually are working on them and we actually have them. We have a dual enrollment uh, and pathway program in the Anaheim Union High School District with Luara High School and reaching back to Ball Junior High. Great. And we're developing one in the Buena Park School District um, with Buena Park High School. I know it's Fullerton Joint, but yeah, with Buena Park, but also with BD Junior High School, which is in Buena Park School District. Yeah. So BD Middle School, sorry. And then. Oh, right, um, right. And then I'm also the idea with that concept, we're reaching six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, yeah. 12, Fullerton College. Right. And so, and, and I'm open to look at other programs. I started a. Um, and I, and I if, a, if students didn't have a dual enrollment program at their school, at their high school, they could come and take the class through special admit. Special admit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the other students thing can always do special admit. So that's yeah. another great way. That's one of the reasons why we have our piloting class on Saturdays is to accommodate high school students and people yeah. who work. And we have, yeah. we, have a, we have a different piloting class this week, during the week, but we offer the Saturday class yeah. to, to, for people who have different schedules. And I have, as a matter of fact, this Saturday, this, um, I, in my current Saturday class, I have two teachers from the Santa Ana Union uh, School District um, that, want, that are taking the class oh. to work to get certified so they can work it into their program. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So, yeah. And I'm working with yeah. North Orange County ROP to develop a, a plug and play kind of drone program, drone class that they can plug into their member yeah. 
high schools and then feed back into us. That's great. I love it. I love everything you're doing. And I love, um, you know, just the, the combination of, of really the drone photography and video in, in telling stories. And I think that that's what your hands-on experience really does. And so that journalism background and experience really just informs the direction you're taking it. Oh, exactly. Because the, the drones, I always give the analogy that it, when it comes to drones, is it's like going to Home Depot or Lowe's and looking at that wall of hammers. And you look at the wall of hammers, they're all hammers. Right. They're all slightly right. different and they all do different things. Correct. So, and they're all better for different things. I mean, you can you can get a biggest one and hammer a little nail or a little one and hammer a big yeah. one and take a longer, longer time to do it. Same thing with drones. So they're, they're all drones, but they all kind of do things a little bit better. So you kind of pick and choose the specific. Yeah. That's what we do. We kind of train you on right. using those drones and understanding which type is best for whatever you're Absolutely. Absolutely. And instead of, you know, having to go buy all of them at Costco, yeah. you get to try them out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have a pretty extensive, we have a pretty extensive fleet of drones and a variety of drones. So it's not just like a one-off Costco thing. We've got a lot of different types of drones. That's amazing. I love it. I'm so excited to see some of my, uh, my students do that. So um, thank you. So uh, anything else? (laughs) I take it over the world. I know. So much to talk about. No, it's just, um, like I said, it's really, uh yeah it's really the the drone program is really interesting and it's really i I hate to say it but there's no other way to go around it. it's really taking off but um it is but we're working with uh now we're also working with a program at uc irvine uh they are in their engineering program where they are a one of the centers uh funded centers from the department of energy um and for energy working with industries and stuff to make more efficient energy, energy saving operations. They don't have, they didn't have the drones. So now they're all excited. So we're, we're looking at probably even offering a class down at UC Irvine oh, uh, wow. students to take their drone piloting class That's great. to supplement them. And then That's we'll have great. our students work with their, whatever they're doing. So like I said, it just, it just keeps building. It uh, does. And it's so many great partnerships. And I love, you know, I really want to commend you throughout your entire career but um, your relationship building and partnership building is just something that I wish, you know, more of our colleagues did because I think getting in the community and partnering with other organizations opens the entire world to our Fullerton College students. Oh, 100%. And our, our um, you know, it's real essential with the, the public-private partnership. Um, and what's great is Fullerton College has been here so long that it, you know, especially in the local community, they know what it is. And usually there's six degrees of separation to Fullerton yes. College. Or yes. some, they know somebody or they, they yes. were a former student. Correct. So, so it's, it's not a hard sell. It's not hard to go right. and talk to people about it. They know where you are, they know what you're doing and they know you're established. So, right. yeah. So I, I haven't, you know, the biggest thing is just going out there and doing it and making those cold calls or making those opportunities to shake hands and make relationships and, and just see where it is. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll reach out to people and there's nothing really there, but at least we have that contact now. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And you never know what'll come of it later. Exactly. That's, that's one of the great things. So, mm-hmm. so thank you. I'm going to uh, end with the show questions that I always end with. So what's the best advice you've ever gotten, Jay? um it's funny um I was a student at Fullerton College and my best friend I I was changing my major multiple times I didn't know what I wanted to do I just 
had to be something successful. So I either had to be like a doctor or a lawyer. I had to do that was in my mentality. And uh, a buddy of mine who at the time I thought it was profound knowledge. Um, but he's, he's a photographer. He's a professional uh, photographer. Um, and he said, you know, I, I don't care what I do for a career. I just don't want to dread going to work. And I thought, oh, that's so profound. And that really, that mindset really kind of shaped and formed what I did for the rest of my life as far as yeah. like, I don't want to dread doing something. So I have to yeah. do what I love, or I have to have some kind of passion or some kind of interest in it. So that's, that's probably the best advice. The man's name is Matt Brown. Um, nice. Who, um, who gave me that little piece of advice. And we're still, we're still really good friends. It's amazing. I was just at a funeral for a dear, dear, dear family friend. Uh, and uh, he was a math teacher in junior high and Mr. Winter, whenever his colleagues would come and say, it's Friday. Thank God for Friday. He said, I know it's only two days to Monday. Uh, and we'll get that's to That's a good attitude. Here. Exactly. That's a good and attitude. If you, if you love what you do, you never if work you love what you do. And of course he, you know, enjoyed the weekend and loved, uh, uh loved his downtime, but I think it is, it, it is that idea. So, um, that's some pretty great advice. Yeah. So what's a book you like to recommend to people? Oh, I, I would like to read a lot more. Um, uh, that's my thing. I, to be honest, I have about 10 half read or quarter read books. Um, sure. I start getting into it and then it's like, I get distracted and I oh, yeah. find another book and go to it. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, it's not like a profound thing. Well, there's two books actually. I, I, I like that kind of formulated some stuff that really inspired my mind. And, uh, I do like the Steve jobs biography. And also they made the movie, but the book's a lot better with ready player one um, was an interesting book. Just the book's um, always better. Yeah. Because it goes a little deeper and it, it, yeah. it opens the idea of like what could be, especially in a new tech world and that kind of stuff. Sure. Those sure. Are that I recommended, but I'm reading a couple more that are really good. So I'll, I'll, I might update but that. We'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. And, and the question isn't your favorite book or the book that changed your life. It's, you know, what, what do you recommend to people? And I'm always handing off books to people. So, um, yeah. So is there a hopeful message you can share with our listeners? Find what you, what you want to do and, and pursue it and love what you do. <laughs> yeah. It, I think, I think that's the best, that that's the best thing. So uh, finally, who should we talk to next? Ooh, who should you talk to next? Um, you know what, you know what, actually, um, I, I don't know if you've done this yet, but uh, I was thinking about this today. I thought Jody should talk to, if you can get a link communication, you should talk to Ethan Morris right now, right? Oh, he's in so Boulder. Ethan Morris, uh, and, and this will air a little bit after we're recording it today, but, but yeah, so tell us about Ethan. So Ethan, um, Ethan was a student here at, at Pullington College. He was in our as president. As yeah. president was in our radio program. Was on the football team. Um, he was on the football team. He, he played football for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so ne- I'm going to make him listen to it. He never took my class. Really? He escaped. Wow, that's so weird. Um, yeah, no. Ethan was uh, was. A I really knew him guy. in a thousand other ways at, on at Fullerton College, but he yeah. did not take my class. Yeah, he was AS. 
president went yeah. out and pack and those kind of things. Yeah. So, um, so I really got to work with him. And plus he, he was an army veteran and I was an army, yeah. I'm an army veteran. So we would, I would always rib him a little bit about, you know, sure. he, he was airborne, but never really jumped. And so, um, so if he's, if he watches this, he knows what I'm talking about, but, um, but, but I think it would be very good because he actually, um, he's always been very committed and, uh, and he re-enlisted. He went, he went back into the military as far as into the, I think he's in the reserves. Um, he's, yeah. He's in the reserve, reserve or, or national guard. I think he went in reserve. And yeah. he, he um, spent a year doing vaccine distribution. Yeah. I think he's reserved so last year. He, yeah. And now they put his unit, they activated his unit and he was already scheduled to go to Poland along before all the Russian business and just train with with um, the Polish military, and which stuff they do for you sure. know, support and that kind of stuff, and good experience. But um, I was thinking about that with everything that's going on globally, um, and with NATO and all those kind of things. It might be interesting to see boots on the ground kind of perspective, right? And get that yeah. where he, now he's actively in Poland. He, yeah, he's actively involved, and um, yeah, I I would love to talk to him because um, it's definitely. Uh, made me pay closer attention to the other troop stations, mm-hmm. right? That not that the, the folks who are going to be in the Ukraine, but the surrounding areas in, oh, in, in Europe and Germany and Poland. And right, they're prepping um, and they're right there they're, in that proximity yeah. where they can move over. And, and you got to think about it these are the, the weekend warriors, these are the people that Correct. are working normal jobs that do right. one week in a month, two weeks out of the year, and now they're over there. Right. Um, but in addition with Ethan, I got to sell him a little bit more is his filmmaking and, and documentary filmmaking that he's worked with uh, for the Tomb of the yeah. Soldier as, as a tomb guard um, when he was active duty. Um, it, it, it's just great. So he, I, I think he would be a really yeah. good guest for you. And that documentary is called The Unknowns. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the, it's incredible, incredible documentary about the soldiers at the tomb of the unknown mm-hmm. soldier. Um, and, and yeah, just fascinating. And, and he has so many different projects and he's in, um, oh, somebody's dog movie. I just oh, the, saw. Yeah, he was, yeah, the Channing Tatum dog. There you go. He was a consultant on that one and he's a little yeah. bit in the background. Yeah. He's doing amazing stuff. So I love it. I definitely want to talk to him, but I think you're right that if I can get a, a, a satellite hookup, that would be fascinating right now. And I think maybe I would zoom him in with my students. That would be good. Yeah. That would be, maybe we'll oh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the Hornet can interview him. That would be, that would be a good idea. I'm already I thinking about that one since he's I over know. there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was thank great you. to talk to you. Thank you.